This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Cast uh, Tim Lucchese of Chaste Love. So welcome, Tim. How are you today? I'm doing very, very well. How about you? You know, I am really good. This is my wife took the kids out of the house right now while re, while we are recording. So it's it's quiet. It's almost too quiet. It's uh, it's suspiciously quiet <laughs> right now. So, yeah, but I'm doing very well. It's only suspiciously quiet if the kids are home and you can't hear them. I think. You know, even when they're not home, <laughs> even when they're not home, I feel like they're plotting something. Oh. They've left some trap for me somewhere. I don't know. That's... <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully that won't be the case today. Um, so uh, so let's talk a little bit about your ministry, Chaste Love. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, sure. So uh, a couple of years ago, my wife and I, I'd been working as a, in parish youth ministry for six years. And my wife, who is a high-risk OB nurse and nursing educator, uh, she'd been doing that. And our first child was born, and after a few months, we were struggling with those conflicting schedules because she works as a nurse in a hospital with the with the twelve hour, the twelve hour shifts and the on call shifts, and I was doing parish youth ministry, which is basically an eighty hour a week job. So we were trying to figure out what are we going to do. So I became a stay at home dad, but what happened was I I never wanted to stop doing ministry, and my wife. Having done this, she works in an area where it's not the highest income patients often. It's not often the the patients who have the best health care before they come to the hospital. So she has seen a lot of wounded people. She has seen a lot of people who were hurt because of bad relationships, dating or marriages or abuse or any number of other things. And in, in parish ministry, I saw a lot of people who were were wounded by you know, whether it be divorce or whether it be premarital sexual activity or whatever it was, I saw people who had many wounds and then those impacted their relationships and those wounds were passed on to others. So working together, we developed Chaste Love because we just noticed, again, through both of our professional experiences, that not having healthy relationships leaves these wounds that are very difficult to heal and they have a great negative impact, a significant negative impact on all of those who are around us. So we, we work together inspired by, uh, by John Paul II's Theology of the Body and Pope Paul VI, St. Paul VI, Humana Vitae. And we developed this ministry to help people learn how to heal, to learn the truth about their dignity, to learn how to heal from past wounds and to learn how to develop healthy relationships. And so that's, that's really what it is. It's about having healthy relationships, whether it be with yourself, whether it be a relationship with God, whether it be a relationship in dating or friendship or parenting or whatever it may be, just to have healthy relationships. I think it's, it's amazing um, when that so many people are against or not, I don't want to, against maybe it's too strong of a word, but don't like Humanae Vitae. And then you ask them if they've read it. Oh my gosh. And then the answer is, well, no. I always think, well, how can you be not in agreement with something that you've never even 
red. Yeah. I mean, uh, even even John Paul II, who was it? Oh, the uh, Frederick Nietzsche, the the atheist philosopher. He, uh, JP two read a bunch of his stuff and was actually inspired by some of it, and that helped inspire some of John Paul's philosophy that he wrote for uh, Love and Responsibility. Mm-hmm. And you sit there, and people would say, "Well, why, what's what's John Paul II doing? You know, getting some benefit out of Nietzsche?" Well, if he didn't read it. He couldn't see what he liked. He couldn't see what he disliked. So even if it's something that you read and you end up not saying, ah, I'm not on board with this. I am on board with that. Whether it's Humana Vitae or Nietzsche, uh, it doesn't matter. If you haven't read it, I just can't understand how people can then say, well, no, no, that's that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And I... Humana Vitae is wonderful. So it it is. It's it's prophetic, actually. I think it's prophetic. Oh, very Um, much so. I will drop a link to that document actually in the in the show notes. I will make a note to do that. Um, I think so really what you're trying to focus in on with your website and with your Facebook page is to give people the tools they need to live in relationships that lift them up rather than bring them down. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's there's this inherent dignity in every person and that's what we want to promote. And unfortunately, there is a lot, there's a lot of attitudes and a lot of approaches to relationships that are competitive instead of cooperative, or one person has to, has to be dominant, whatever it may be. And there's a lot of lies out there about what is healthy and why it's healthy or why they, someone claims it's healthy. And there are a lot of things out there we don't want to talk about because, oh, well, this is, this is embarrassing or I'm the only one who struggles with this. Now, I heard recently, there's a, there's a bishop I, I've met, I don't know him well, but there's a bishop, I won't name, apparently, almost every, or I don't know if it's almost every, or every time somebody goes to confession with him, he, he asks them when they finish confessing their sins, have you viewed pornography since your last confession? Because so many people consume it, and it's so damaging but so many people are ashamed to mention it and they think they're the only one struggling with it. You know, this is a hundred billion dollar. I'm sorry. Last I saw $97 billion a year industry. It's not just you. There are plenty of people out there struggling with consumption of pornography. So the, the fact that people are, well, Oh, this is so personal and embarrassing and they don't want to bring it up. They don't want to approach these problems. And then they, they start to fester and they, they seep into other aspects. And the other thing is we don't often realize how damaging something is to our relationships until a lot of the damage has already happened. And so we tend to dismiss things as, oh, my drinking isn't a problem. Oh, my, you know, my approach to this attitude toward my spouse or, oh, my, my sexual relationships prior to marriage, it's fine. I'll, I'll, it won't be a problem later on. And then by the time we realize something is a problem, we're so deep into it that it requires a great deal of effort to get ourselves out of it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's if only we have every the tools that we need ahead of time, uh, you know, before we start entering into those relationships that are unhealthy, whether they be premarital sex, pornography, any sort of addiction, of course, um, to not start them is always better than try to get out of them. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, there there are so many um, there there are so many approaches to gosh, to to relationships that that people don't 
realize that they're problematic. I wrote an article recently uh, about the Ephesians 5 verse, should a wife be submissive to her husband? And I, essentially the, the article, I really enjoyed writing it. I got some references to the catechism in there. I brought in some stuff from Genesis and my wife says it's one of my better articles. But I, I wrote this and I thought, okay, well, yeah, I'm just gonna write this. I've given it in talks, no big deal. I had uh, quite a few women send me messages privately after that was published and they were thanking me because they've been in relationships where their husbands are misusing that scripture verse in order to keep them down and that their husbands refuse to acknowledge anything beyond that little verse because, oh, well, no, that's what it says. I'm like, no, you have to look at the Hebrew language behind this in Genesis. You have to look at what did Genesis say that Paul understood before writing Ephesians, all these different things. And so unfortunately there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hurt and pain out there. And hopefully something we do helps. Yeah, there is a lot of hurt and pain. And it's always interesting to me that, you know, as Catholics, I think we try hard to not take scripture verses out of context and use them you know, for our benefit, so to speak, right? Yes. Which is, I think, what you're talking about. And I, I think um, my husband and I have talked about that passage in, at engaged for engaged couples. And, you know, after that, after it says, you know, wives be submissive to their husbands and husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. And I say, so Christ died for the church. So if if you're willing to die for your wife, then that's a, that's a story that we can talk about. But if you're only willing to be the boss of your wife and not mm -hmm. die to yourself for her, well, that's not going to work. The, uh, <laughs> at the, I actually put this in the article, but my wife and I, we give, uh, we give talks regularly to couples on engaged retreats or engaged couples who are on retreats. And I always include this in that too. But it's the story from the homily at our wedding. And we had chosen the Ephesians 5 scripture passage for the second reading at our wedding. And the priest goes up there. And I mean, he makes fun of me for being old and he makes fun of me for being bald and all this. And I'm thinking, whose wedding is this? And I realize it's my wife's. And so, but then he goes on to talk about the Ephesians 5. And he looks at me and he says, you know, Tim, it's your job to die to your desires, to abandon your desires to die to your own wants, to die to your own needs out of love for your wife. So you need to do that every single day. And then he turned to my bride and he said, and Jess, it's your job to help Tim die. And of course, everybody laughs, but that's the point is the idea of this scripture verse. Oh, wives submit to your husbands, submit submissive. If you break down the words and you go to the root origin, you're looking at sub meaning underneath and missive mission so the supporter of the mission the foundation of the mission and what is the mission the mission is for me to die to myself out of love for my bride well what bride doesn't want a husband who's willing to give his everything selflessly for her that's that's what a bride is called to support and in fact if you look back at genesis the uh the word ezer is used the hebrew word ezer is used for for eve as in this this woman is is the ezer or helper of adam 
Now, a lot of people see helper and they think, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. So the assistant, the secretary, what are we looking at here? That's not what Ezra means. If you look at Ezra, you can look in the book of Hebrews. God is referred to as the Ezra of Israel. So if, if the person who is the helper or Ezra is less than, then God is less than humanity. And that's not true. The word Ezra actually means strength. So the whole idea is that once you understand the etymology behind these terms, you realize that a bride, a woman, is the strength and support behind her husband's Christ-like mission of sacrifice. And that's a lot more approachable and I think a lot more powerful than, yeah, yeah, wives are, are, should do what their husbands say. No, not at all. And frankly, my wife is smarter than me, so I'm glad she doesn't do everything I say. <laughs> we would all lose but <laughs> well i think it's it's about working together you know oh, absolutely. Uh, knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses and and working to build each other up and you know where one person is weak you help the other person and that's that's how it works that's um, a huge part of the writings of john paul ii is the fact that man and woman are not in competition, we're compatible. I, I heard a 19-year-old girl say this recently, and I thought, wow, this is smart. I'm, I, I don't know if she got it from someone else, but it's not that women can do everything men can do. It's that women can do everything men can't do because we, we need each other. We need to be a team. We need to work in cooperation toward sanctification, toward the glorification of God. And I thought, Wow, that is, I, I, when I was 19, I was still like, which superhero am I going to grow up to be? <laughs> and this young woman's talking about that. I thought, okay, it's, she's on the right path. That's good. It, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, young people really sometimes have a grasp that we don't have. I like to think it's because our minds are cluttered with other things, and they see, that's why they sing, say things more clearly. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I believe that. I think that. It's a lot of Let's sense. just go with that. We just have too much stuff in our heads. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's, that's it. No. That's... <laughs> so if, um, what do you think is the most important uh, thing that you have on your, on your website? What's the most important thing on, your, on chastelove.org that people can go to and use? Well, we have, uh, I mean, the, this, this sounds like a cop-out answer, but I'm going to give it. Um, we have a, a little contact Chaste Love tab on our um, uh, on our website, but then uh, we also have right next to that. There's a tab that says prayer, and we have several formal prayers about the a prayer to Maria Gretti, prayer against spiritual warfare. But then you can just go to the bottom and just enter your own prayer request, and it comes you know privately to us, and we put it on our list and we pray for you every day. So uh, we are happy to pray for any request that you have. Uh, just simply by submitting that. But we also have, we have our blog and we address a lot of different issues. We talk about, you know, discouragement. I, I have an article on there, seven tips for talking to kids about sex. Um, there's uh, other issues about, uh, or other, excuse me, other articles about natural family planning or being pro-life. And I'm not the only one who writes articles. We bring in uh, guest writers. We've had people from all over uh, heck, internationally, we've had people from the U.S. and people from Mexico writing for us. What, one person from Mexico. We have a we have a free downloadable resource for parents, and it's just it's a pamphlet on information about pornography, 
and it's how to help keep your children from being exposed, but then also some tips on what to do if they have been exposed. It's got some statistics on there and also some additional resources that you can check out, some of which are free, um, just because I always want to direct people to resources that will help them with this because that is a, a toxic poison. So uh, we have a lot of stuff available on our site like that. Um, obviously, I'm also available for public speaking gigs, but that's far less important than just making sure that people get the information uh, that they have, uh, that yeah. they need. So it sounds like the, the site, obviously, you have some material and information about pornography and how to avoid it and how to prevent your kids from getting involved with it. And then I'm, I'm going to imagine you also have some uh, information. If you have been, you know, addicted to pornography, how, what steps you can take to get away from that as well. Uh, yes. And then you also said you had like pro-life and some natural family planning resources on there. Yeah, most of what we have is uh, a variety of blog articles that address these different issues. So, um, yeah, th we have an article, Five Myths About Natural Family Planning. Um, we have uh, an article that's essentially just a transcript of a talk I gave outside of an abortion clinic uh, at a rally. Um, we have, honestly, this is one of my favorite articles. It's uh, Asking Girls Out on Dates 101. Because okay. A lot of young men don't know how to do that these days. Um, but then even uh, one of our very first articles going back a few years was uh, about the young adult dating dynamic that we have in our culture today. The dating as a young single Catholic and the, the challenges that that faces. Um, and there's, a, there's an article that I wrote a couple years ago, How to Quit Porn. And it's, you know... Obviously not a, an easy thing to do, but I've known a lot of people who have struggled with that and who have overcome that struggle. And these are some of the tips that I've gotten from them or that I've used from, from other people or other people have sent my way. So, um, yeah, just a lot of different stuff like that. We also have our, our Facebook page, um, at The Chaste Love, and we post all of our content, whether it's this or a lot of inspiring quotes we post all that stuff there, something almost every day. So we like to try and get as much out there as we can as often as possible. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the website especially is a great resource uh, for just about anybody who's interested in, you know, chastity in pro-life and natural family planning. So I think that's great. And I will say that I do follow uh, the Chase Love Facebook page and their Instagram as well. And some of the quotes are very, very touching, and some of them are absolutely hysterically funny. Um, so I, I think Tim has, a, I think, a great sense of humor. Um, I think sometimes we forget that it's okay to have a sense of humor when we're speaking truth. Um, we don't have to be super serious about it all the time. Uh, we, can, we can have a sense of humor about it, and I definitely appreciate that, Tim, because it is a difficult topic that you're talking about, and so a little levity sometimes can go a long way. Um, so anything else? I, the other thing I wanted to mention uh, is that you just recently started a podcast. Yes, I decided that I was getting too much sleep being a stay-at-home <laughs> dad and running a ministry. So I started a podcast. Um, no, my, my uh, dear friend Sarah Estabrooks and I uh, just felt really called to start a podcast. Uh, a few months ago, we started working on it, and it's called Home But Not Alone. 
and it's uh, it's primarily talking about the life, our lives as Catholic stay-at-home parents, and we address a whole bunch of different things, whether it be, I mean, a lot of parent-related stuff, but we talk about our faith. We talk about we've we've done some episodes on on some saints. We've done some episodes on uh, Daniel Tiger songs and how they apply to adults and uh, all kinds of. <laughs> Yeah, just all kinds I, I'm, of goofiness. I'm definitely out of the Daniel Tiger song loop. Um, it, it's amazing. I'm sitting there the other day watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood from the 1970s with my daughter because apparently that's available easily on the internet. And I'm watching that and I'm thinking, these some of these things are very similar to the songs on the new show. So it is it is a lot of old Fred Rogers stuff that they've, that they've reincorporated into the, the new version of the show. But it's... It, it's good. I like that stuff. I think it's. I love that Fred Rogers was able to put so much uh, of like the Bible and you know Christian yes. teaching into a show on secular television, and most people had no clue. And he was yeah. just like he was a minister to all of us. <laughs> he was, was very good. Good for I, him. I'll show my age. I remember watching the show like when it first came out <laughs> on a regular basis. I really did like it, and. Uh, I thought it was great, and I think it's it's nice that we're seeing a resurgence of his philosophy because uh, it yes. could go a long way. Oh um, my gosh! And that's that that ties in so much with the the theology of the body stuff that that we talk about. I I literally put a video clip of Mister Rogers talking about or singing a little song, and I I had to go back and rewind it because I'm like, oh my gosh, that that's theology of the body. That's, that's out of John Paul II's talks. Like that's, it's the same, it was the same thing. And that's I shared that on Facebook a few months ago. So just the, the idea of you, you matter, you have dignity, you, you know, having these healthy conversations, having these healthy relationships, these, these things are possible and we need to treat each other in, in a certain dignified way. And I really do believe that most of us struggle. We have this, this lens especially because of living in a sinful and fallen world, we have a lens over our vision and we struggle to look at someone else and really see God in them. And when we don't see God in someone who's right in front of us, then it's really easy to see them as a means to, to an end. It's really easy to see them as, well, I can use them to succeed in my job or I can, I can disregard how this might impact them because that's not so important. Uh, and then even getting to the really intimate, well, I can use them for my physical gratification uh, and not give my whole self to them or whatever it may be. So anything we can do to better see God and better see the dignity of every single person, knowing that they are uniquely created by God for love and out of love, th that'll transform our entire perception of that individual and of our relationship with whomever that may be. So yeah. that's, that's, yeah. That's good. Well, I'm, I really enjoyed talking to you and I feel like I probably could talk to you for another hour or so, but that would be a super long podcast. <laughs> um, and I don't know that other people would be that interested. Yeah, um, so I mean, I'm going to just wrap it up and I will drop everything, everything that we've talked about the, to, to look at your website and the Facebook page and our show in the show notes. And, um, you know, maybe we can come back and get together again and talk about Mr. Rogers um, because I just, <laughs> that'd be great. And you might have, I might have, I might have to have a conversation with you though about this Daniel Tiger thing, just so the grandmother and me is aware of what's going on. Sure. Um, 
So thank you and uh, God bless you. And I hope your ministry keeps reaching people because what you're doing is just so important and so needed in our society today. So thank, thank you, very you very much, Tim. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed my conversation with Tim from the Chaste Love Ministry. And in the spirit of that idea of dying to self that we talk about from Ephesians 5, this week for our Not Lukewarm Challenge, I'm going to challenge us all to die a little bit to ourself. So choose someone that you love, but someone who will not repay you, and do something for that person that maybe is not the easiest thing for you to do, that causes you to think a little bit less of yourself, a little bit more of the other person, and it really causes you to die to yourself that need to be the priority in the world and allow the other person to be the priority just for that little action or time activity, whatever it is you decide to offer to that other person as just a gift of love where you die to yourself and think only of them. So have a wonderful week. God bless you. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on notlukewarmpodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Bartolini at mediaangels.com.